Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is a special edition. I am on my own on the road back from New York Toy Fair. So this is a board game episode. Um, I apologize. We've been a little sporadic the last couple of weeks. Things have been a little bananas. Uh, Just to give you an idea of some of the things that have happened, um, we had some serious car trouble. We had a mouse get into a car and uh, chew up everything that was insane uh, it took a lot of time um, and we had our furnace almost die uh, yeah it's just been bananas so I appreciate your patience but don't worry we're keeping things going everything's gonna be great um, so this weekend I managed to get up to New York Toy Fair Uh, I missed last year and I regretted it for the entire year so there was no way I was gonna miss it I went for one day Um, It's a four-day event normally, but I went for one, and it was great. Uh, I saw a lot of cool stuff. Um, The first thing I want you to do when it is safe uh, is head on over to Instagram and look up our Instagram account, uh, because that'll give you a good idea of what I did while I was there. Um, My normal process is I'll go and, you know, I have appointments with different board game companies, but I also... um, go out of my way to kind of walk the floor and see if there's any other interesting stuff. Specifically, I always go to the Funko booth uh, because the Funko Pop booth always has really interesting stuff. Turns out they were unveiling things all weekend and I only was there for part of it. Um, So, but you could definitely go to our Instagram page and take a look at, you know, some of the cool stuff I saw. But I wanted to go through and talk about some, specifically, some of the board games that I put my hands on, that I was able to uh, play, and, you know, some of the you know, some of the cool stuff that's coming out this year. Um, the first company that I went to go visit, and I'm, and I'm just kind of going in order, um, is I went to GameRight. Uh, Everybody that isn't familiar with Engage Family Gaming knows that they are one of our favorite designers. They are, um, you know, just about everything they put out is great for all ages, um, and they they are very consistent. Some of our favorite games of the last couple of years have come from Game Right, and 2018 looks like it's not going to be an exception. Um, the one thing that I missed is, you know, they did have some information, including a prototype box for Forbidden Sky, which is coming out later on this year. Um, but also, um, they had their whole 2018 line. Um, you can go to engagefamilygaming.com and you can see a list of all the games that are coming out. I published that. However, um, there are two of them that I want to give specific attention to because I think that they're going to be a pretty big hit for our audience and for you guys. Uh, the first one is a game called Trash Pandas. Now, Trash Pandas is a um, board. It's a card game uh, where players play raccoons. That's a, if you're not familiar with internet meme culture. That is a uh, a trash panda is a raccoon, and so you're raccoons that are digging through the trash in a neighborhood. Now, as one would imagine, the perfect mechanic that comes to my mind when thinking of raccoons digging through trash is push your luck. Um, And that's what this game is at its core. Basically, what you are doing is you're rolling dice um, in an attempt to roll symbols that match up with tokens 
um, that you can claim on each turn for different actions. There are six different tokens, six sides of the dice. You see where I'm going with this. Um, so you roll, and a token, will, a, a symbol will come up that will match one of the tokens, and then you can claim that. Now your option is you can roll again um, in the hopes that you will get a different symbol to come up. If it does, um, then you can claim that token as well, and you can keep going until you roll a symbol that has already come up. Um, at that point, you bust, and you don't get to take any actions. Um, this really does kind of force you to be careful um, with how your actions work. You know, everyone will be able to take one action. Most people, most of the time, will be able to take two, um, but then it gets really crazy. Um, and the various actions are things like drawing cards, discarding cards, you know, things like that. Um, and the idea is you are drawing cards through this deck and the, the cards in the deck are all things that you can kind of stash or eat um, to earn victory points, but they also have a dual purpose uh, because many of those cards will also work as like essentially effects, um, almost spells, quote unquote, uh, that will help maybe let you re-roll a die or will um, let you steal cards from other players, etc., etc. Um, I think the fact that it's called Trash Pandas, right? If you're familiar with internet meme culture and are familiar with it, like this is, that is a signifier of the kind of humor that this game is built around. Um, it's juvenile, but not crass. It's meant to just be kind of funny. Um, and that attitude of like a juvenile, but not crass humor um, just permeates the entire game. And I love it. I mean, the art, the card names, um, you know, like there's a dog and it's a doggo, D-O-G-G-O. Uh, you know, it's in like a good doggo or a bad doggo. In this case, I think it is a bad, bad doggo. Uh, but I think there are some parts of the internet would uh, who would assume that even a bad doggo is a good doggo. Um, and there's a kite. Um, you get what I'm saying. Um, this is all intended to be goofy and fun. Um, it plays very quickly, especially after the first playthrough. Um, it's deep, relatively. Um, it's also fairly inexpensive. This is going to be a big hit for Game Right uh, for years to come, uh, I, I believe. So that's Trash Pandas. The next game that they showed me was uh, was actually a game that people who are familiar with Engage Family Gaming might remember us reviewing a couple of years ago um, for a Kickstarter. We um, what we did was uh, we we reviewed Squirmish. Uh, it's a card combat game where you are playing out creatures like monsters um, and. You play them, and they are, uh, the, the direction matters, because you're playing them out kind of facing your opponent, and your opponent is playing them out facing you, um, and <coughs> uh, you are, eventually it turns into like this crazy little, uh, like a spiral, as the monsters kind of are laid out, you know, kind of battling each other. Um, when we played it, uh, we loved the quirky, kind of Ren and Stimpy, uh, ah, real monsters. Like, it had that kind of a vibe. Uh, if you were down with, like, you know, 
early 90s Nickelodeon cartoons, like that kind of stuff. That's the vibe that I got from some of the monster designs. Um, and the first thing I asked <coughs> when I was meeting with GameRite was, I was like, did you game write this? Like, did you game, did you, like, what did you do to make this match your brand? Um, because that's what Game Right has done. I mean, there are a couple other games in the past that were other Kickstarters, uh, Super Tooth, for example. Um, there, there are other games that they have worked with that they've taken a really strong idea and just applied their two dozen plus years worth of experience to the process, and it was really interesting um, to hear their answer. I mean, they basically, the game was, um, from a visual perspective, it was untouched. They obviously improved the card quality because they can do so. They are game right, as opposed to a small Kickstarter. Um, all the cards are going to be uh, like a linen card. Uh, they looked very nice. They're very sturdy. Um, I felt very comfortable using them. Um, and the um, they didn't change the art much. Uh, they said maybe a few cards got cut or removed, you know, upgraded that type of thing. Their main focus was on the rules. Um, and one of the concerns that we had was that the game ran a little bit long. Um, it was a game that could go for a while. Uh, they fixed that, and they made it so that players were kind of forced to be a little bit more aggressive. Um, and they also reduced the health almost across the board to every monster, which I know that sounds like that might not be a very big deal, but it makes the game go faster. Cards aren't going to hit the tape aren't, aren't going to hit the table and stay there, uh, which means that you're going to be able to finish your game and you're going to be able to play another one. Uh, which means making a bad a big mistake isn't costing you 45 minutes of effort. It's just you know you made a mistake, you can get the game over, you can play another one. And I thought that. Uh, was a very positive change because that is something that we were concerned about originally. Um, so that is Squirmish. They had some other interesting games there. They had a game called Zoink, which is um, another one of their you know classic kind of dice games like Quicks or Roll for America, etc. It's a roll and write, um, and it looks you know there's a little bit of a betting mechanic in there where you're going to bet on uh, whether or not your opponent is going to be able to, you know, uh, not bust, uh, you know. Um, and I thought that was an interesting concept. Their boxed games tend to do pretty well, uh, like the, the boxed dice games. So I'm happy to see that. Um, so I didn't really spend a lot of time playing it, but what are you going to do? Um, they did have a, uh, they had Chill Out, which is a Moncala style game where you are rolling dice and moving ice cubes around. Um, I'd love you to go to our Instagram page because you can actually check out a, a picture of the ice cube components that they're using because they are really cool. They're not cubes. Um, that, well, I mean, they're cube shaped vaguely, but they have like, you know, that, um, that kind of lumpy ice cube feel. I really dig it. Uh, I thought they looked really cool. Um, I wonder where they sourced their components, uh, just because I find that to be like a neat little thing. Um, so Game Right, like I said, they've got a lot of games. And, and really, um, between Trash Pandas and Squirmish, and also Forbidden Sky that is coming out later on this year, um, I think we will have a lot of good stuff coming out of Game Right this year. 
The next thing I did is I ran right over to North Star Games. Uh, they're the people that are behind Happy Salmon uh, and uh, Evolution, which we have talked about. Um, and the first thing I wanted to do was talk to them about uh, their Happy Planet line. So last year they created Happy Salmon and it blew up. And they were wondering why, and I think that's not because they were surprised by it. I mean, they knew that it was going to be a good product, but anytime you have something really successful, you want to know what, why it was that way um, in an event to maybe try and recreate it. So while watching people play their game and demo it at their booth and play it at conventions, etc., they realized that it was a game that it did one thing very, very well. It wasn't the deepest game. It wasn't like this big miniatures combat game. It didn't take hours to play. It was fast to teach, and it succeeded in making everyone happier. It wasn't the solution to everyone's problems, but no one came out of playing Happy Salmon without a smile on their face. And so they said, what if we just did this over and over again? Um, and I think that's a good question. And so here's what they did. They added two more games to the line. Um, and from top to bottom, soup to nuts, they are making them all about making people happy. So um, the two games that were added to that line um, are Funky Chicken and the Monster Match game. Um, now, they did create a second version of Happy Salmon. It's Happy Salmon Green. Or no, Happy Salmon Blue, rather. Those are the same game. They just have different colored cards. So you can have the game be bigger. So you can have up to 12 players playing at one time, which I would imagine is kind of insane. Um, the, I have never played a 12-player game of Happy Salmon. Um, the... So, Funky Chicken is a standalone game, but it is also an expansion to Happy Salmon. Basically, you have the ability to add those cards to um, the deck, and now they incorporate dance moves. So things like you can swing, where you you know you lock arms and you swing around with the person who you find. Um, you can do the Funky Chicken. With someone else, um, which you signify by saying "get funky" while you do the funky chicken um, and things like that. This is a—it's uh, hilarious. It's just as fun as Happy Salmon. Um, the fact that it can be added to that just makes the games a little bit longer, a little bit crazier. Um, I'm pretty excited to see how it all plays out. Um, the. Uh, so that was the first game. That was Funky Chicken. It comes in a bag that is uh, shaped like a chicken. And the chicken is, in fact, wearing sunglasses. So it is funky. Um, I thought that was great. Um, they sent us a copy. Uh, well, actually, they gave it to me to bring home. So I will be, uh, you know, taking some pictures and probably some video uh, with the kids. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that is Funky Chicken. Um, the second one, I actually think is a kind of a neat game, um, and I'm excited to play this one. It's called the Monster Match Game. This is meant for, a, you know, a wide range of audiences from an age perspective. Um, but basically, here's how the game plays. It is a deck of cards and some dice. The deck of cards um, will all, on the back of them, they all have 
um, or on the front of them rather, they all have a monster. And those monsters have, uh, each of them are, they all somewhat look somewhat similar, um, but they all have varied numbers of eyes, legs, or arms. And so on each player's turn, they will roll one die that has numbers on it, um, and that range from zero to five, and then one that range that will have either an eye, an arm, or a leg. And basically, if it comes up and it says three eyes, then everyone at the table will race to try and find a monster who has three eyes. Whoever finds one gets to put it in their pile. If at any point you find out that there are no monsters that can be, that meet that requirement, then you deal out five more cards, or ten more cards onto the table. So it can get pretty crowded depending on your luck. Um, this is a wild game, the monsters are kind of funny. They're all like in a, uh, like a lineup, like they did a robbery. Uh, and the story, theoretically, is that they are monsters who are, they're aliens or monsters, I'm not really sure, who stole donuts. And so you are, um, you know, dealing with that, which is funny in and of itself. Um, now, one thing that you'll see is, if you look at all these monsters, all of them have a stack of donuts on the card. And so the true victory points, if you want to play it that way, are that, you know, you count up the number of donuts on the cards that you have captured, and that's the person who wins. I think that it is amazing. <laughs> um, it's a ton of fun, and I am, you know, I'm excited to see what they add, what they come up with next. Uh, the bag for Monster Match is a monster, and the, the zipper, is, you know, they're all bags. The zipper is actually the monster's mouth. It's got like legs and arms. Um, it is super adorable. Uh, we'll have more pictures of that game uh, coming up in, uh, you know, really soon. They might even be up already. And um, so that that was it from North Star Games. Um, that's their big addition to the board game space right now. Um, but we're big fans of theirs. I mean, they've got Evolution and, you know, Evolution First Journey, which I talked to them to see if they were planning on doing any expansions or anything like that. They indicated no, um, which I was disappointed in. But they made a really good point that, um, you know, it is meant to be a beginner, uh, relatively simple product. And the idea is that if you want a more complicated or expanded um, game, go get the base evolution game and you will essentially get evolution the beginning um with you know with it you'll get that feeling uh and it'll essentially be that with expansions which i, I it made sense to me one i kind of regretted asking the question uh once he gave such a, a pretty strong answer um so that was uh north star games um the next thing i did because I, I mean like I said, I was there for one day. I was very busy. Um, the next thing I did is I went to Calliope Games, which is great. I've missed, I've, I, I, I have regretted kind of losing touch with that company for most of the last couple of years um, because they had a change in PR companies. Uh, and I just haven't been able to connect with them. So here we are, we're back. And um, 
the newest game that they are talking about is a game called the Mansky Caper. And that's one of their Titan games. Um, the Mansky Caper is pretty straightforward. Um, it is a it is the definition of a push your luck game. Players take on the role of seasoned criminals who are part of a gang who are trying to rob from Mr. Mansky. Now, um, if you are concerned that these guys are criminals and they're robbing from like these nice people and you know how bad could it be? Let me tell you, um, Mr. Mansky is not a very nice guy. It's kind of like Kill Dr. Lucky, you know, from uh, from Cheap Ass. Um, he is uh, <laughs> he is not a he, he's not a great guy. Um, he owns a safe making company uh, or safe manufacturer and gets safes installed in people's houses, so he knows and he knows how to get into all those safes so he can steal from them. So he's not a great guy. Um, you play these thieves and you are um, competing to go through Mr. Mansky's home and steal from his various safes. So you might be asking, Steve, how is this a push your luck game? I'm getting there. So essentially, uh, the game is the game compri is comprised of a series of tile cards. One of them represents the getaway car. That's always there. <laughs> and over time, five of them will be flipped over, representing rooms in his mansion. Each room has a safe in it. Um, and in each safe will be a series of tokens representing loot or bad things happening. <laughs> the goal is to be the person at the end of the game with the most money. But you can't be too greedy opening chests um, because, number one, um, you don't get to actually bank your money and keep it unless you take your turn going back to the getaway car and stashing your money. Um, so you can't do that at all. Um, and so that means if you have money kind of out on the table, like in your bag or on your bag, and you get too greedy drawing tokens out of these uh, chests, eventually bad things will happen. And one of those things could be you set off the alarm and you lose all your money. So you have to be very careful uh, what you're doing. Um, now, each of these players, or characters rather, um, these seasoned criminals, they all have different superpowers or you know player abilities. What's interesting is you can't use the power for yourself. Instead, your opponent or you, um, yeah, well, uh, let me phrase it better, any of the players will be given favor tokens that they can give to other players so that that player will use their power to help them. So really, when there are four players, each player is essentially choosing what power they don't want. Um, and you know, at any time, as long as they have a favor token, they will be able to pull in a favor they could be situationally very powerful from their opponents. This is interesting from a flavor perspective because it makes total sense that these, uh, you know, that these criminals would have, you know, would be able to call in favors from each other, especially if they've been working together for a very long time. It's also useful from a game balance perspective. 
the reason for that is one of the hardest things in game design is balancing variable player powers. Because, you know, if they they either need to be very weak and thus not super impactful on the game experience, or you run the risk of them being too strong and making it, um, you know, and, and making it so that one one power applied in the right situation for a player enough times just gives them an advantage. By limiting the powers that are available to everyone else's, that means everyone has everyone's powers, except their own, at all times, as long as they have a favor token. Um, that means you don't really have to balance the powers a super amount, because the you know player you know players multiple players will have them and it means that they are not the only power that someone will have which means they can be kind of held in reserve for um you know kind of edge case situations or situations that might not come up every turn so that's something to think about um i, I think the game looks great uh it's coming out later on this year um one of the things that they told me um I wanted to know, like, how are these, like, how are people going to have to build these safes? So they're made out of cardboard, and I was like, are we punching these out, building them ourselves? They said no. Um, one of Calliope's core principles is that they really don't want games to have a lot of punching and setup. So everything is going to be set up to be able to play as soon as you get the box into your house, which I think is awesome. Um, I, uh, having just spent a whole bunch of time after Christmas building Potion Explosion, which involved not, not only punching a bunch of little, you know, circle-shaped circle chits out of um, the various potion bottles, having to build the tray, which you can see, you know, a video of on our Instagram channel, um, man, that took a while. Um, whereas being able to just open this box, read the rule book that actually comes as like a comic book that explains the story and who the characters are, etc. Um, man, being able to just read the rules and get right into playing is great. Um, and then couple that with the fact that Calliope focuses on gateway games. This game's going to be pretty easy for most players to kind of get, especially if they understand how pushing their luck works. Um, so that's the Mansky Caper. Very excited about that. Um, the, the last game that I got my hands on that I really wanted to um, talk about was by Blue Orange Games. And that is a game called Shaky Manor. So Shaky Manor is... Um, I've never seen a game like this before. I've seen some weird puzzles and you know other kind of activities, but I've never seen a game like it before. Basically... What Shaky Manor is, every player, up to four, is given a tray uh, that has eight rooms in it um, that are connected by doors. And in that tray, you place a meeple, a ghost meeple, and three treasure chests. And your job is to tilt and shake that tray to try and get the the person meeple and the three treasure chests in the same room without the ghost um, and you determine what room you uh, you're gonna put them all in by um, by drawing a card and the first player to do that takes that card and 
and the first player to do that five times wins. Now that sounds pretty simple, but there is a way to make things a little bit more complicated. If you and I are playing and I get and I make it and I get my and I manage to get everything lined up first, then before the next round, you will then be able to put something else on my tray, an eyeball, a spider, a snake, a bat, you know, stuff like that. Um, the, the, what that does is that creates like a catch-up mechanic, right? It means that players who might, might have gotten unlucky, uh, or who might not be the best at these kind of dexterity games, would have an opportunity to catch up. And, um, and I think that's great. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, once I, I, I actually won the first couple of rounds against the uh, demoer, and uh, it got really tough once she put some extra things. The eyeballs roll, the eyeballs roll really, really fast. Um, it made it really complicated. You know what? That's great. Because um, it means that, you know, no one's just going to rush out ahead. Um, and eventually it gets pretty tough uh, and gets everybody kind of brought up to the same speed. Um, definitely like that. Um, the other piece is, you know, if you're familiar with what I've done, you know, if you listen to me on the podcast before, I always say board games are a, um, when you're buying a board game, you're buying the components to do with what you will. Um, and I think this is a game where that is true. Uh, you can make up your own challenges. You can do your own stuff. It comes with a bunch of really interesting game modes. Um, but at the end of the day, like I would not be surprised if after I have this game in the house, um, our daughter used one of the trays as like a mini dollhouse. Like this is just an interesting game, um, and it is. It was certainly fun, um, and uh, it's certainly accessible across multiple ages as long as they are able to understand the concept. Um, and you know, it's got a lot of use. It, it, I, I don't want to say it has a lot of uses because that doesn't really—that's not necessarily true. Um, but it is certainly a flexible gaming experience. Uh, so I think a lot of people are going to enjoy that. So that is our Toy Fair report. Uh, we're going to have more previews, some interviews, some podcast guests over the coming months uh, as we talk about these games um, and as they get, start to come out. Um, so. Definitely keep your eyes on Engage Family Gaming for more information. Uh, I certainly want to thank you for listening. Uh, and I hope you enjoyed hearing about these games as much as I enjoyed uh, running over to New York City and uh, getting to experience them firsthand. Um, again, I repeat, don't do it while you're driving. I don't want anybody to get hurt, but please head on over to our Instagram channel and show us some love. Uh, follow us there. Uh, if you don't have an Instagram profile, make one it's it's owned by facebook so you can just connect your facebook um and give us a follow um it will help us we're very close to a thousand followers and once we get a thousand followers it actually unlocks some interesting functionality for us uh so that would be great and even if we're the only people you follow you can log in instagram you'll see all our interesting pictures and our behind the scenes etc so um until next week uh, when we're going to talk about video games, uh, specifically some very interesting Kingdom Hearts news and things like that. Um, until then, this has been uh, Steven Dutzman, and I'm signing off. You have yourself a great week. We'll talk to you soon. And don't forget to get your family game on. Bye now. Yes. Thank you for listening.
see you in next week.